Hello, everyone. This is Michael Jaco with Unleashing Intuition Secrets, the podcast. Join us as we reveal how you can become the master of your reality. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Jaco with Unleashing Intuition Secrets. And today I'm with Brian Coffey. And we're going to talk about some things that they're doing in Boulder, Colorado. I've been to Boulder, Colorado. I went there with the, when I did the Gaia programs. Absolutely beautiful place. And uh, they're doing some amazing things there. They're doing the things that I think all of America should pay attention to and start to move in that direction. Brian, thanks for joining me. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So uh, tell us a little bit about what you're doing there in uh, Boulder. So back in April this past year, we've seen a big awakening going on around the country. And um, a lot of us are feeling isolated out here. It is a little bit of a political kind of place. And we really wanted to bring a unification together with people. So as you know, the school board issue has been a big issue in the country here. So that's how it kind of started and was the impetus. So we put together about 20 or 30 people. We started meeting on a on Thursday nights, and it's been beautiful to watch people step into their power. And that's been one of the greatest things we have done. Our organization is probably about 500 people now after a few months. Wow. Wow. So uh, just pretty much school board meetings, but you're, you're trying to expand it into more than that. How's that working? Absolutely. That's a great question because we're actually looking at the entire compass of the awakening. One of the things that we're looking to do is develop new systems, homeschool pods, even self-sustaining farming and things like that. Wow. And we're also providing community for people to really feel welcome as well as trying to kind of educate on the metaphysical principles of this as well. Oh, that's fantastic. This is definitely, you know, we've been talking about all the problems Everyone's aware of those problems, but I'm in the mindset now. Okay, let's start to move forward. Let's start to create this reality. We've talked about this. You guys are doing it, and it's it's pretty exciting. Any what what kind of resistance, if any, have you guys encountered so far? We're watching a little bit of a bifurcation between that kind of 5D multidimensional thinking and the 3D. So it's been kind of a balancing act, bringing people into that you know, realm of the ascension, as you know, and hit on a great point is creating the new and really bringing a higher vibration into this movement, because there is a lot of anger, there's a lot of fear out there. And so really balancing that where we want people to stand up in their power, yet also understand how important raising the consciousness is for this whole movement for not only the country, but humanity. This is good to hear. This is what everyone should be paying attention to. And I, I love it. It seems like there's a lot of people that are still in anger, about this, like you mentioned, it's across America, of course. That anger and that fear, that frustration gets us nowhere. So you guys are creating an environment where you can actually begin to create the new reality that we've all been dreaming of. We think that someone's going to bring it to us, but we're doing it. We're getting involved and we're creating it. So how do you get people to basically get out of that, that those negative mind states into the, the kind of quantum consciousness that you guys are trying to use to create? Yeah. So what we did is we kind of seeded it a little bit. There's a lot of us that know how big this really is. Mm. And it's a very multidimensional situation, as you know, where we kind of had to take a little bit of baby steps, you know, because if it all came at once, even my personal awakening, it all came at once. And it was, it was tough, tough to kind of navigate to really let people know, you know, really healing our traumas through this. So we all have individual traumas that are coming to the surface, pain bodies, things like that. And we're seeing it collectively too. So we'll do a meditation in the beginning. We'll start with a prayer. We'll kind of bring that energy into the container for the protection. 
we'll talk about some of the 3D issues, but really kind of having people get in touch with their own internal state. You know, we'll do toning, things like that. But we do share a lot of messages as well with this. I met a metaphysical mentor back in 2019. And my whole personal awakening story is pretty amazing. But my life pretty much collapsed after a head injury in 2014, right in the third eye. And I have the golf ball going 100 miles per hour. And it really turned my reality upside down, Michael. I was in finance for years and couldn't do my job. So kind of got thrown into the fire a little bit. And what I learned from that was really kind of going through the fire, really walking through it is the most important thing. So one of the elements we bring in is how important it is to stand in our truth and to really walk through this fire together, you know, and we're all here to support each other and to let everybody know that everything's going to be okay. Excellent. So now are you guys creating a blueprint that anyone can use? Yeah. And again, we're all learning as we go, right? Everybody contribute. So we are, you know, there are a lot of these groups that have kind of popped up around the United States. There are some that are focusing on more school board, more political and, you know, some quantum. And we want to bring all of that into one. So we are working on a blueprint to kind of help others do the same thing. Yeah. And I like what you're talking about as as far as like the agricultural side too, because uh, it really does translate into everything. If we have a good economy, then everything else works. So that's that's what has started, you know, pretty much every war that we've been in. It's been uh, like, you know, trying to suppress someone else's economy. World War One, Germans were getting suppressed, so they broke out. Uh, they were angry about that. World War Two, kind of same thing. Germans were suppressed again. The Japanese were suppressed by Americans. Uh, they couldn't buy any more steel. So th- there's like a breakout. There's anger in a certain country. They can't uh, expand economically. This has been the, the thing of wars for, you know, throughout a humankind. Mm-hmm. So I think that the economic side of it, that you guys are also focusing on that, and that's good you have that excellent background of that, is going to definitely help us going forward. So you're integrating all the different parts almost simultaneously. Is there an educational process that's going on with that? Well, again, we're kind of putting things together right now. We kind of put this group together. We're really starting to structure things a little better now because we wanted to feel how it would work, right? We always want to be open to input from the universe and other people. So I've had one friend of mine who is also my metaphysical mentor, RJ Wellington, who does a course, Transformation Dynamics and Applied Metaphysics, who's been super wonderful in this, helping me kind of navigate the quantum and metaphysical part. So what we're doing, again, is we're shifting from that school board approach of standing Mm -hmm. up and you know, people going to peaceful rallies to now moving to, okay, what can we do to better ourselves and better the community at the same time? Yeah. And, we, and, you know, we kind of, we saw this in Virginia, I believe, where the school boards really started to go after the different, you know, organizations, a pushback and the parents started standing up. And, you know, we had, unfortunately, the, the young girl that was uh, uh, molested, raped in a, in a bathroom mm-hmm. by uh, someone that was identified as a girl, but decided not to uh, when it became time to like get do bad things. So they pushed back on that. And uh, the parents did. And the Department of Justice pushed back on them, saying that they were actually terrorists, you know, domestic terrorists, because they were standing up to basically evil and were trying to formulate their own type of environment, which, you know, we're basically being dictated to how we're going to act how we're going to move and stuff like that. So we're breaking, you guys are a great example and it's happening everywhere, but that was a great example in Virginia because they voted in a whole different party, a whole different, you know, way of perhaps doing things going forward. 
good Patriots, it seems, in there. So it remains to be seen, you know, how that works out. But it definitely was the old system was thrown out and a new system was brought in. Mm-hmm. Now, the political side is, do you have political involvement with you guys? Yes. Right so um, we're noticing there was a recall petition filed here in Boulder against Boulder Valley School Districts. And this was done, I want to say, about four weeks ago or five weeks ago, give or take a week. We have seen so much extreme pushback with this recall petition, and it's really caught a lot of attention. We've seen politicians now backing it, the school board uh, pressuring politicians to back it. We've had over 50 in Boulder County. There's been harassment towards some of the people that filed the petition. There has been threats, things like that. We have contacted law enforcement. But what's amazing, Michael, is the extreme reaction to this. So my question, I was on a radio show last week, is what are they hiding? Why is this such a big deal? Yeah. So we are working on that. There are some investigations that a lot of people in the group are doing, not only our group, but around the state as well. So we are shining a light on that. And I think that's important because, again, we're not necessarily trying to change the old as much as kind of bring the shadow out. You know, we need the shadow to come out in order for the real healing to happen collectively. And that's my honest belief on that. So, yes, we are starting to research a lot of people who are involved in the school board meetings, i.e. testifying on the board's behalf. So just to give you an idea, there was a core request done in Poudre Valley School District, which is just north of us here in Boulder. Mm -hmm. And they found out that some of the school board was actually contacting the teachers union to collude to help them testify in these meetings. So we're finding out a lot of things. There's a lot of connections with politicians, the teachers union, and potentially some industries as well. We could probably figure out. That's good. And I'm glad you're keeping it on a certain level so we can keep this on YouTube. It really needs to go up there and stay there. And I get spread out in a big way. I'm really, I can't stress enough that everybody's going to watch this, how very valuable and how important this is. You guys are standing up and you're setting the example it's going to like, you know, start to ripple effect, I guess, out quite a bit. So law enforcement, law enforcement, you know, they do pretty much the best that they can. But I've noticed, especially if you have a good constitutional sheriff, that if you try something like this, they're going to protect you and keep you moving. Do you have that with the uh, with the sheriff in there in Boulder? There are some people in law enforcement that are great, wonderful people. You know, just some background on my uncle, too. He was in law enforcement for a while. He was actually in the uh, head of the Organized Crime Task Force in New York State in the 1980s. So that kind of goes back in terms of family connections is our respect for law enforcement. There are some, like I said, some great men and women in the Boulder PD, as well as the Boulder County Sheriff. But at the same time, a lot of, you know, these law enforcement don't like to get political. So it's kind of walking a balancing line. Um, They're here to protect and serve all of Boulder. We support them 100 percent. And one of the things that did come up with the Boulder Valley School District is they received forty one point four million dollars from one of these you know, mandate packages that has been going out federally. Gotcha. One of the things we brought up in the last meeting is how come law enforcement is not getting any of this money? How come law enforcement in town and the Boulder Sheriff are underfunded right now? Because mm-hmm. we'd like to see that as well. So we're not just trying to kind of push against the mandates. We want to make sure that those that need the resources, like law enforcement, do get them. But yes, they have been cooperative in a lot of cases. Oh, wow. That's that's fantastic, Brian. Because I think that's a, that's a very important point. So I, I know when I was in the military and I worked with the law enforcement, I always held those guys in high regard. We'd work with SWAT teams, stuff like that. And those guys were like, you guys are like incredible. 
And we're like, you guys are incredible. You're out there every day. You know, we go out into, you know, these, these hostile areas and we're only there a couple of months and we come back and we kick back. You guys are like every single night, pretty much some of these guys. It's just pretty impressive. So definitely I appreciate, I look at law enforcement now and I, I always tell those guys, thanks for your service. Just like, you know, a lot of people say that for, you know, the military, because those guys are really doing our country uh, proud right now. A lot of them, but uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, corruption everywhere. And I'm glad you guys are like focusing on that, not to like, you know, scream and yell on that, but just to say, Hey, you guys are like, you know, pushing on us. We're trying to do the right thing, but here's what's happened with you guys. You, you've been paid to do this and you're using the money for this. A lot of times that basically squashes it real quick. That's kind of like a, a sticky little, little place to go because when you start to mess with money, that can get some real pushback. So you guys are really doing a good job. You're still maintaining. So you have a nice balance. And I think that uh, when you're only up and up like you guys are, you're almost untouchable to a certain extent. How, how do you guys feel about that? So, and you brought up the word untouchable too. And as you know, using metaphysical principles and really standing in integrity and in truth, that's where any of us can become untouchable, right? So that's exactly what we're trying to do is we're trying to act for the highest good as well and things like that. But just to speak to your point, Michael, there is a lot of pushback. We are catching sure. a lot of heat. Boulder in particular here is very very connected to dark elements. And I'll yeah. just kind of leave it at that. So yeah. yeah, so the spiritual practice is really important for us for the divine protection of all of us. And I would really strongly encourage other groups to really look at that. Because as you know, the force we're up against is very serious. And they're very powerful. But also we have that God given power in us. Right? Yes, very good. To be very able good. to manifest not only our reality, but even the collective reality with this movement. I mean, the way things are moving so fast in the right direction is incredible. And we're really blessed to see that. So again, like I, I can't stress that enough. That's beautiful. I love that, Brian. Because I, I had a little event a little while ago with uh, 50 people here in Sarasota and such a high energy, you know, high vibration group, lots of love, lots of uh, networking, sharing, stuff like that. So that's, I think that's what we need to do. We need to gather and start to uh, create the, the types of uh, environments that we want. Mm-hmm. So staying in that, that vibrational field basically gives you the creativity. And that's, that's what I learned when I was in, uh, you know, combat zones. If I stayed in that, you know, creative zone, I was able to, you know, move in environments that were very dark and still stay very active and very, uh, you know, taking down uh, some of these uh, dark elements. And it was very easy but once anyone that I saw went dark, got angry and stuff like that, usually they get taken out. So I'm glad to see that you guys are understanding those principles. And that's that if there's any kind of blueprint for anyone going forward, you really have to focus on that one in a big way. Otherwise, you'll start to bicker and fight and then a, a whole thing will fall apart. Yeah, no. And, and you're absolutely right about that. We do see elements of division sometimes. There are infiltrators that come into a lot of these groups. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. To disrupt, to divide, and to have people in situations to do things they may or may not do. I mean, we look at what's been going on with um, you know several cases around the country where there have been infiltrators that have tried to kind of entrap people or whatever, kind of motivate them to do things that aren't in integrity. So it's really important to keep discernment, vigilance, and an eye out for that. So again, it's a very interesting energetic balance with this. In terms of some of this darkness is we also feel that we all need to be pillars of light while this 
kind of awakening happens. It's kind of like turning the Titanic around, right? Oh, yeah. Not going to happen overnight. And you mentioned something in your show this weekend. I just want to remind viewers as there are distractions out there, there's smearing and disinformation going on. And I think you use the words, don't get hooked into it. Yes. Because if we get hooked into it, we will lose that creative ability, like you said, that intuition, and to make sure for ourselves, our family, and our country that we don't do that. And I really appreciate you saying that. I appreciate you bringing that up again, because it, it is very valuable. And uh, I think in any group that's forming like you guys, and I'm, I'm so happy about this. When I heard about it, I was like, I've got to talk to this guy. He's got to come on. This is this is what we need to hear. This is because mm -hmm. people are really down. They're like, you know, what can we do? Because people have been waiting for something. I, I really think that it's time to stop waiting and time to really start to focus like you guys are. And I'm, I'm so super proud of you guys. So what's the name of this group if you want to? reveal that and how can people maybe start to their own groups and uh, maybe contact you or whatever? Sure. So um, before, you know, in terms of the name of the group, we're going to, you know, just offline for now because we're still kind of putting our organization together in terms of being an actual okay. structure, but in terms of how people can start groups is um, I'd be happy to share our email with you when, you know, in terms of our group and things like that, they can contact me personally I actually have an email that I can share with the viewers here in, in a few moments. And I also wrote a book, just so you know about my personal awakening. Also, some of the law enforcement connections I've had in the family with my uncle, things like that. So, um, you know, again, we can we can talk about that if you'd like as well. But yeah, in terms of getting the groups together, there is also Community Builders of Freedom. Two of my friends, uh, Eric and Caitlin, that started that. So communitybuildersfreedom.com, people can look at that. They've been traveling around the country, also putting groups together. They've been working with some high profile people like Dr. Northrup and people like that. So they've been able to really spread the word. And that's kind of how I started as well as they come into town. And we had also put together a whole bunch of groups. And just to stress the point, it's all of us contributing to this. All of us. Yeah, yeah that's fantastic. So yeah, let's let's go into let's let's talk a little bit about your book and uh, your awakening process. It's always fascinating and how that you know kind of segues into you know doing this type of work, this new consciousness that we're all uh, starting to move into. Because I had that experience, and you know, I once my experience happened, I had super focus and direction on what I was going to uh, do to help uh, create this new reality that we're in right now, and help you know formulate it and help motivate people like you're doing. So yeah. Tell us the name of your book. This is awesome. Sure. Thank you. Um, the name of the book is Climb to Safety. It's actually named after a song that was very relevant in my life at the time. I had experienced some health problems back in 2012 that landed me in a wheelchair for about six weeks. And I was also taking care of my two little ones at the same time. And my life really took a turn to where I had to go inward. And I knew this was an opportunity that something big was about to happen. During 2013, I had a lot of miracles that I share in the book, synchronicities and things like that. In 2014, I took the golf ball to the head, like I was saying, in the third eye, going about 100 miles per hour. Mm -hmm. When I went to the hospital, they stitched it, and it was in the form of a cross. And I remember the surgeon saying something about that that was suturing it up. So I lost my ability to do my job. I was in finance for about 20 years on Wall Street. And what happened was... There were different aspects of my brain that started to work. Intuition, seeing synchronicities a lot, some you know downloads from my higher self. And I didn't really understand it much at the time. 
But what happened was my entire reality started to collapse. I lost my job. We had family, finances, everything. And it was like everything had to get stripped away from me in mm. order for me to really go through that dark night. And when I was able to do that and I met RJ Wellington, like I, I mentioned earlier in the show, learning his principles and tools, he does a 12-week mentorship class. It was amazing. And really kind of sticking with prayer through this whole thing. During this time is when a lot of this stuff that we're seeing the collective, like, you know, in 2016, there was some news that came out about uh, certain foundations on, you know, sites like Vote and things like that. So I had the ability to also do some research on that and couple it with the experience of my uncle, which I'll share here in a second. I watched a lot of Greg Braden, watched a lot of your show as well. You were a huge influence on my recovery, you know, from my injury and things like that. So to be able to really go through that darkness is so, so important. And it really trains us and gives us that wisdom in some cases to really, if we can help one other person with it, like it's such a gift. So I talk about my experience in the book. I talk about some of the metaphysical principles and miracles that happen, the tragedy and miracles. And then I go into the collective awakening that's going on right now. And I make a parallel between the two, because as you know, as within, so without, we're just a big macrocosm. But I have some family history with my uncle. My uncle, Detective Joe Coffey, actually was um, one of the most well-known detectives in NYPD history. He was involved in the exposure of the Vatican Bank case back in the 1970s and 80s. There was an Italian financer, Roberto Calvi, that wound up dead in London. He was a president of uh, Banco Ambrosiano. So he worked on that case with some foreign intelligence. He was, I think, the second police officer to travel overseas since 1909. And he had gotten permission from the Southern District of New York. He had a time where he worked with um, Rudy Giuliani, who was a prosecutor at the time, mm. in New York City to um, take down the mafia, arrested Gotti three times, Paul Castellano twice. He took the confession of Son of Sam and really kind of went up the ranks in the police force. So he was a really amazing man. He was also my godfather, my spiritual father. So just from a small age, I really was amazed and fascinated with all this stuff. So this has been kind of a work in progress with me too, to where, you know, he passed back in 2015, God rest his soul. And I feel like a, a personal call to really kind of work in this realm, you know, with what he did. So that's where the investigative part for me also kind of comes to the surface, but it's a, it's a really phenomenal book. I really learned a lot writing it. It took about five years. But I feel like it could inspire people. And I do have a, a, an email if anybody's interested, they can send. It's called climb to safety book at protonmail.com. And they can also send me an email there if they're interested in getting some more information about forming groups and things like that. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. Uh, we'll, we'll put the, uh, the information in the uh, description box under the video so uh, people can uh, reach you and uh, contact you. Where's your book at? It's actually in the process of being uh, the cover designed and things like that. So we're looking at about January 2022. Okay, very good. I was looking for it. I couldn't find it yet. So that's, that explains why. That's very exciting. You're basically, that's what I did the same thing with my book, The Intuitive Warrior. I went out and started talking about it before it came out. And then when it did come out, it, it blew up pretty good. So yeah, that sounds, uh, sounds very exciting. Hello, everyone. I'm Michael Jaco. Join me on Unleashing Intuition Secrets the podcast, where we'll uncover the hidden parts of our human potential and propel you to new heights of existence and consciousness realms. As a former Navy SEAL for 24 years and CIA security officer for 11, 
I've been involved in aggressive combat training and operated in combat zones for well over 35 years. From Panama, Kuwait, Iraq, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Yemen, Libya, and Lebanon, I have honed my leadership, tactical, combat skills, and knowledge expertise to a master level. As a little boy, five years old, I wanted to be a Navy SEAL after watching the movie Navy Frogmen. I also looked at the movies and read the books of Ian Fleming, 007, James Bond. I wanted to be that when I grew up. And I was always inspired by entrepreneurs that helped humanity and brought about great change that furthered the consciousness and abilities of humankind to master levels. I always wanted to do that. The first two I did to an extraordinary level. And now today, as an entrepreneur and speaker, reaching millions all over the world, now I'm sharing the information that really propelled me. When I was a chief enlisted officer, I motivated, led, trained, and provided inspiration and insight to officers of all ranks, all the way up to flag level, and even the Secretary of Defense for the United States. With my operational background, planning, master training, and course design abilities, I have trained thousands and thousands of military and law enforcement personnel, and now I inspire and train millions throughout the world with my intuitive insights into the workings of the human mind. I and many listening to this message are living proof that each of us have amazing potentials far beyond what most consider possible. For me, the impossible is what I strive to always master and excel at. And as a Navy SEAL and in the CIA and combat zones, I did the impossible over and over and over again. And now I want to help you do the same. Tune in to Unleashing Intuition Secrets, the podcast, and join the growing tribe as I show you how to unleash your own hidden potential. Very interesting that your grandfather went to the Vatican. Wow. Yeah, my uncle. I mean, your uncle. Yeah. So what kind of uh, experiences did he share as far as like when he was there? Did Probably some interesting stuff. He actually, it was a, a lot of trouble to get the movie created because he wanted to make a movie. He wrote two books, actually one with Richard Hammer, The Vatican Connection, which is a story about his investigation into the Vatican, which I strongly suggest any of your viewers, if they're interested in that, that goes more in depth to what they found. Essentially, there was one point, I think over 1.2 billion in stocks and bonds, counterfeit stocks and bonds used as leverage for the Vatican. Again, it all comes down to the money. So he was able to expose that. The Banco Ambrosiano had collapsed as well and the money disappeared. There was also the mystery of um, Pope John Paul I dying within 33 days of his election. So there's a lot of mystery in this book. He did find out some more things to where in um, the summer of 2015, he had an interview. He had a director that had actually taken on the movie. They were actually going to have a, a pretty high profile actor, Mark Wahlberg, um, star him in the movie. So he had been writing the script this summer of 2015 and had an interview where he disclosed he was going to share more things about the Vatican the world had never heard. Unfortunately, came down with late stage cancer about a month, month and a half later and passed away the subsequent month. 
in September 2015. But what I can tell you what he did share, there was a big connection with the Italian mafia and organized crime in this country. So what I've been able to deduce from not only his work, but other research is we're watching right now an organized crime situation around the planet. You have the Vatican, you have the central banks, you have a lot of politicians with this. And as we see things develop, there's more, there's indictments starting to be unsealed. Okay. We've Mm -hmm. seen that with um, several people. There was a man, gentleman, I forget his name with the Clinton uh, global initiative, This has been a big investigation for many, many years now, as you know. I see this as a a big RICO case going on. Mm. So when he was able to work on the Vatican case and then come back and work with the mafia in tandem in terms of, you know, obviously making arrests and things like that, they use the RICO Act in a lot of cases. And, you know, I don't know if you'd like to explain to your viewers what the RICO Act is, but I think it's a very valuable tool in this kind of situation to kind of expose a lot of the crime going on. Go ahead and uh, tell them what the RICO Act is. It's good. Yeah, so the RICO Act is uh, racketeering and corrupt organizations. One of the first people that instituted actually was in New York. It was my uncle and Giuliani that really kind of used it a lot against Gotti, Castellano. And what they would do, it was a very steep penalty. You know, in some cases, it's 20 to life and your assets get seized. So a lot of these busts that they had with the mafia, they would throw them in jail. And it was kind of like Goodfellas, right? Where remember the scene in jail where they have the food coming in and this and that, and it's you know one big party, and then they walk, you know, six months, a year later. The RICO Act stopped that in its tracks. Mm. Because what they would do is the penalties were so stiff that they would then talk and they would then give information. So yeah. then they would go up the food chain. Okay. And that it was a, an amazing law enforcement tool. And it's still used today. And I think we're going to see it a whole lot more in the next year or two in terms of trying to uncover all this stuff. So that in terms of what I know about my uncle, that was really one of the main tools that they used. Yeah, that sounds uh, interesting. Sounds like what a lot of us have been uh, kind of pointing out. So that's that's cool to see it from uh, your perspective, because you've got some good insights. So you're seeing some stuff coming down the line. So we haven't seen much of Rudy Giuliani lately. Do you think he's involved in all this and laying low or... I know they really attacked him pretty hard, of course. I do not know the scope. What I can tell you is he's a great man. I've met him several times in New York City. He was at my uncle's funeral as well. He's really kind of working towards, you know, bringing justice to the situation, I believe. I don't know what extent he's involved. I do know that there's a lot of players in this chess game, some that are kind of in the shadows and some that are working, you know, out front with it. But we look at, you know, the Durham investigation going on, like, you know, there's some news out, too, about potentially, you know, some former attorney generals kind of setting the pieces to the puzzle before he left. So we're watching an amazing show going on right now. And one of the things I'm grateful for is really being not only somewhat aware of it, because, I mean, we really don't know the extent of this, but how amazing it is to be in this reality right now. And what an amazing time to be alive. And really, as things kind of go come out into the surface, and we will see some very disturbing things, as you know, to really know, like there's very good people working uh, like on our behalf, not only for this country, but humanity. And to really kind of keep that in mind. I mean, that's what I like to do every morning is, you know, this is a big roller coaster we're all on, you know, and to really kind of enjoy it for what it is and just know that there are so many good things coming once this is kind of all clear. You know, to directly answer your question, I don't know specific details on on Giuliani. 
that's kind of way I would probably answer it too, whether I did or not. <laughs> so good. Yeah. And that's good. You, you talked around it perfectly. I love that. Uh, very nice. You verify a lot of stuff and you kind of like, cause I do the same thing. I was like, okay, just kind of look at this, see what's going on here. And you're going to get a bigger picture. So we're at the point now, like we talked about in the beginning, we're not waiting for this movie to play all the way out. We're, we're at the point where we've got enough information. We've seen enough of the show. We can figure out pretty much on our own you know, how this is going to end. So now we're starting to move to create these realities that we know that is up to us to create and, and not waiting for somebody to just come in and say, okay, you guys pick up that block and put it over here. It's not happening because we're doing it and you guys are doing it. And it's happening in a lot of places right now. The All the moving pieces, like you're talking about, this massive worldwide crime syndicate that has uh, basically pressed in on the world. It works its way down all the way to the city level, you know, mm -hmm. and the, a lot of the cities are corrupt all the way through, you know, mm -hmm. judges, lawyers, hospital staff, you know, sometimes, you know, unfortunately the police force. So we're seeing all this stuff we're having to go up against, but because we're staying in the, that higher vibrational realm and creating these quantum energy uh, realms, it's, we're able to do that. When you had your injury and it hit you right on that pineal gland, it's like, wake up pineal gland. What happened? What kind of experiential things did you have that really started to push you in this area right now? A lot of the old stuff didn't work. So my cognitive ability, when it did hit the, um, the left side of my head here into this third eye area, not only did it open up the pineal gland, but I couldn't function like I used to in finance. So you know, being on Wall Street, being an institutional bond broker, I would have to do a lot of quick calculations in my head. That didn't work anymore, but I would notice tremendous synchronicities. I would notice when I would think of something, all of a sudden within a day or two, that experience would then start to show itself. It was really amazing. And at first it was kind of freaky, right? Like when we really kind of get thrown into a situation like that, it's kind of like, oh boy, what do I do? So, you know, that happened. I was having trouble sleeping for a while from the brain injury. But I also noticed like it would be followed by, you know, a tragic event and then a miracle. And what it taught me was to learn to trust the process, really learn to trust the process. And if that's, you know, if there's one thing that any of your viewers can take away from this, and hopefully a lot more than that, mm -hmm. um, is to trust the process. You know, just I wanted to get to your point about the um, local politicians and school board. One of the things we're doing, almost like martial artists, is using their momentum against them is when we think about it in a metaphysical way, they're exposing themselves tremendously. And the more pressure that gets put on them, we kind of then bring it back, you know? So that's how I kind of learned to kind of navigate my life as well. I was in a very egoic state of mind when I worked on Wall Street. And I was kind of more of a force energy versus a power energy. And Dr. Hawkins, uh, Power Versus Force, talks about the different vibrational scales uh, mm -hmm. with that. So, and again, we all kind of go from that lower scale of anger and fear up to that higher scale of joy and enlightenment and round and round we go. But that was the big takeaway from my head injury is that I realized if I could leave decisions more to my higher self than my lower self, they would most likely be more correct. And again, that's part of being the human being and really the empowerment that we have. So just to kind of speak to this whole element going on on this globe right now on this planet is they feed off our fear. They feed off our anger. So mm -hmm. if we can stand in a place of higher vibration and actually not back down to them, they will actually run in fear. And I think that's how we quicken this process. Like you were saying, we saw enough of the show. What can we do to speed it up?
in my experience, in my personal life, as well as the collective that I'm seeing is to really be able to do that. Yeah, that's that's fabulous. And that's, the, that's some of the stuff we were uh, talking today about when I was uh, with this group, talking about how you can be powerful. You can have all these abilities, you know, like I do, I can shoot sniper rifles, you know, machine guns and, you know, RPGs and all kind of crazy stuff. And get all the way down to like improvised weapons and down to hand-to-hand stuff, all the way down to that point. But once we get there, it's like I'm very calm. I'm very cool because anything outside of that, I can be overcome. So not that we actually go physical at any time, but we come from a place of power. We come from a place of calmness and uh, knowing that our power, everyone's power, you know, women, you know, men, everyone has tremendous power if you know how to focus it. So if you're in these states of consciousness, like you're describing so perfectly, then you're very, very powerful. And when you combine with a group, like I used to do when I was in the SEAL teams and in the CIA, when everyone was of like mind and we we're focused on achieving a goal, nothing stopped us, you know? So that's what you guys and everyone else that wants to create one of these things, you have to take that in mind because there's been a lot of forces, as you guys know, like we're talking about these criminal forces that are out there, you know, they're very powerful. They're all the way up and down, you know, from supposedly the, the top guy uh, who, was, who was playing that role all the way down to the municipalities, you know, all the way down and everything in between. News, everything. Everything's compromised. So we have to, like, you know, build it at the grassroots level. Everything that I did that was outside the box when I was trying to create something, I, I created the first hand-to-hand program in the SEAL teams. And some of the guys were like, we don't, we don't need that shit. We have weapons. I'm like, you need this stuff. And so I had to like go outside the box. And instead of teaching formal classes, I would teach classes like on the beach. So many people got so involved, so interested in it. They're like, the admiral came down and said, okay, we want you to teach the stuff. And I'm like, okay, yes, sir. So then I started the formal programs. So that's what we're seeing right now with you guys and other places. We're seeing the grassroots come in and inform how everyone else is going to be going forward. It's not the old system that's going to work. It's the new system we're creating, which is more powerful and empowers every single person as we go forward. And to that point, again, watching people stand up in their power, we've watched people the last seven months who came into these meetings, kind of downtrodden this and that to really just kind of start to shine. And that has just been so awesome. That's been the most rewarding thing for me. And I know a lot of people in our group is to watch that. You know, again, when we all start to wake up, it's pretty alarming. It's like Christ says in uh, the Gospel of Thomas, which I think is one of the greatest uh, scriptures out there. Mm-hmm. Seek and you shall find. When you find, you shall become troubled. And when you become troubled, you will wonder and marvel and then rule over the universe being your own reality. So we're actually watching people go through that, that troubledness and also start to marvel, you know, and, and to watch that process is fascinating to really kind of focus on. But what we would like to do starting, you know, going forward with this new program, not really necessarily new approach, but approach to the new is we're watching the system collapse out here in Boulder and Colorado. Okay. Mm. Jared Polis did not have a very good week last week in terms of the news. He was very outspoken about Trump's tax returns and I'm independent. But again, that light's starting to shine back on him. We're watching Gavin Newsom. Nobody's seen him for 12 days, I don't think. So again, I'm very confident things are going on behind the scenes. But to really manifest the reality we want for this. So even like if people are in groups, to spend two, five, seven minutes 
really visualizing mm -hmm. what we want, you know, and really giving it into that quantum field. Because I do believe that's probably going to be the most powerful weapon in this reality. Wow, that's so powerful. And that's what I've learned over time. And I, I've heard so many masters who say, if you can focus, keep your focus, you know, on the thing that you want to create uh, for three minutes, that's very, very hard. But some people say like just seconds without any interference, then you'll have that come manifest. So as a group, if you're doing that, you know, with your meditation, like you, you were saying, focus on what you're trying to achieve. That's really, really powerful. And uh, I think that's going to be the thing that really flips this whole thing on its head uh, going forward because it's a grassroots movement. They own a system that's corrupt. We don't want it anymore. You can have it. It won't exist much longer because no one's going to support it because we're going to create something new out of that old. And that's that's beautiful. You know, the Thomas sayings you're saying, very, very powerful stuff. There's one more thing I can add about that too is Greg Braden actually has a great video where he talks about the gospel of Thomas and it's 114 sayings by Jesus that were written by Thomas Didymus. It's not in the Bible, but we won't go into that is the feeling really putting the feeling and the emotion into the mm -hmm. prayer. So when we use that energy in our body being such a, you know, especially the heart center, right? It's a tremendous yes. brain because it's this brain, the gut brain, and then the head brain. This will get us into trouble sometimes, but the heart using that heart and that emotion to feel like it's already happened. Mm -hmm. And then the universe, when we reflect that frequency out, we'll reflect back a situation that is somewhat, if not completely in line with our uh, intention, the trick for me, and I've learned again, I'm still working on this. Like we all are, mm -hmm. is we get in our way. A lot of times is we expect a certain process to happen and really, as every day goes on, I learned to kind of give the wheel to the universe. Like, you know, just show me and I'm just going to enjoy the ride with this. And, you know, the universe will bring it to us what we need. So if we can do that on a collective level, this thing will turn, I think, much faster. Wow, that's, that's very powerful. And, and that's, that's what I teach as well. It's not so much, you know, the how or the why. It's more of like just focusing on what it is you want to create. And just letting things happen because everything that I've ever had happen to me has happened in ways that there's no way I could have figured that out. Absolutely no way. And I focus on impossible things. They come about because I keep that focus, even though it seems like un impossible odds are coming up. Keep the focus. You should drive in uh, like in combat zones where the traffic is like insane. Everybody in the car is like, we're going to we're not going to make it on time. And because there were certain key points we had to hit. On timelines, I wouldn't even listen to them. I was like, we're going to make it. And I kept seeing the time where I needed to be in that time where I was going to be there. And I would just like make the perfect turn. I was just like, I, I just get turned here. And I just turned, never turned there before. And it worked out. And it was like, I beat the traffic and got around stuff and all the donkey carts and people going the wrong way in traffic. It just worked out, you know? So I think that as we go forward, like you just said, so perfectly, so eloquently, if you focus on what you think is going, how it's going to turn out, you're going to find you're going to get stuck because it's in this, this quantum, you know, juice that we're in right now, you have to like, just let it flow, give it your thought energy, and it's going to formulate into what we want to create. Just focus on what we want to create, focus on what we're going to create, then uh, let it, let it do its thing. It's beautiful. Yeah, no. And, and you're right. The flow state, and that's what the flow state is all about. There's um, a book called, um, I think it's, 
becoming Superman or something like that. Don't quote me on it that I listened to years ago and talks about extreme sports athletes. And the reason why they're able to perform so well is they get into that flow state. And just like you, I'm sure in a lot of your experiences, you know, it's almost like the, the innate takes over, right? Is when you're in those high combat situations and those, those big threat situations. And if we can do this in this reality, I mean, even driving today, I had to be somewhere and all of a sudden there was a train that stopped. There's a truck in front of me. And it's almost like the universe will throw things out to us to test us. Oh, yeah. be like, okay, yeah. where are you at with this? Are you able to kind of just stay with the flow? You know, yeah, yeah. So it's really interesting how we need to continue to train ourselves to do that. Yeah. And just relax through that. Cause I, I've been in so many life or death situations and I know if I just stay relaxed, it's like, I know the answer for what to do is going to come almost mm-hmm. instantaneous because sometimes it takes instantaneous to stay alive. But if I had gone, Oh no, I'm going to die. And then I would probably be dead you know, mm-hmm. many times over. So you're just learn how to like, oh, and just get in that flow. Like you're talking, stay relaxed and it just comes. And yeah. You- and just to kind of touch upon this whole quantum soup that you were referring to, and we know is going on. You know, one of the things I learned from RJ Wellington was this third dimension has a delay. And the delay is actually a good thing because if we came to a thought and he actually put together a video called Fourth Dimensional Living, how to become and, and be what you want, is if we had a negative thought, boom, there it is. So the third dimension kind of slows it down. And the universe will ask us sometimes, like, are you sure you want this? Are you sure you want this? Mm-hmm. But with this ascension coming through, we need to be a lot more focused on our thoughts. Because as we know, the positive and the negative can both manifest at the same speed. So that's really the challenge I feel, and I know a lot of other people feel, is there are going to be people just awakening into this whole thing that's going on, you know, moving to 5D, whatever anybody wants to call it, and also the exposure going on in the collective for us to really hold the frequency and um, just, you know, be able to kind of hold that for people. And there's also a legend, I think it was in Star Wars, they said, one Jedi Knight is more powerful than a hundred stormtroopers. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, for all of us really to start kind of working on our traumas and using this energy again, that God put inside of us and the fact that human beings can create is so powerful. And it's actually in some cases powerful than more of these higher dimensional um, entities that a lot of people refer to is because we can actually create and they feed off our emotion. So really to stay and not give them that food, that loose of fear and anger and things like that. So what exactly have you guys achieved so far? Let's, let's leave everybody with a positive uh, you know, outlook of what perhaps they can achieve if they uh, follow the same principle that we're talking about here. So one of the big things is the, the school board. We put a lot of light on that. We've seen that all around the country. We've been able to shine light on exactly what's going on with the mandates people standing up in their freedom. One of the greatest things that people will see is when they stand up, other people stand up. If somebody goes into a store without a mask, I've seen people kind of take their mask off when they walk into the store. So really kind of, it becomes almost infectious as people really standing in their truth and power. That would, I think, be, if I had to say, our biggest accomplishment and watching people really kind of come into their own with it and remember who they are because we're all so powerful. And it's we've given our power up to elite class and very few people. And one of the expressions I like to say is, how can 8 billion, 7 billion people be scared of 10,000 people? And it's kind of ironic. And again, we understand how the mechanism works, but really kind of shining the light on your local politicians to make sure they're doing their job, holding them accountable, 
the school board issue and also reaching out to law enforcement because one of the things a lot of people don't talk about with this is you're seeing a lot of pushback with you know police defunding things like that and they've been demonized in our culture now for a while and Mm -hmm. these are great people and they really need our support and our help and they're willing to help us too really stand in our freedom so if i could kind of convey that to your viewers as well like really kind of show them support show them love and we can all work in this together so the school board is uh is basically you take your power back in that is that what happened well, they're really, it's a tough nut to crack. There's a lot of money involved with the Boulder Valley School District. We've been able to connect a lot of philanthropic organizations working through a third party. There's a lot of money they can't account for, and they're panicking. They are absolutely panicking. So what we've done is we've effectively shined a light on them. you know. And in terms of taking the school board back, my take is this, is that between the school boards, the board of health, the county commissioners, and so forth, it's kind of going up the chain, right? So there's so many problems in our school system, as you know, with a lot of different concepts they're teaching that, which I won't get into right now, the mandates and things like that, mm-hmm. to where a lot of us need to start thinking about creating our own school systems. What do we want our kids to learn? There's a group out here that's working on teaching children metaphysical principles to really be able to manifest things and not go to that Prussian school system where there's a bell, you have to be here, you have to be here. And really kind of open the flow. So one of the ideas that we've had as well is there's a school that started out in a town kind of um, just east of us in Lafayette. It's a tiny little, you know, homeschool pod. And they're starting to introduce these concepts. So really kind of helping our children through this because the children have gone through so much mental anguish through this. So that's kind of our goal with the school board is to put pressure on them, at least temporarily, to lift the mandates so these children can actually be children again. So that's good that you guys are seeing as you're, you're putting pressure at your level, it's starting to filter all the way up. We're watching a lot of people now regret backing BVSD recall. Because again, there's been amazing things that have happened. We've been watching the head of the school board show up at these petition signings, blocking the table with a sign. I mean, just the weirdest, most bizarre stuff. And I think the politicians are now starting to realize like we need to back away. I think as these indictments come out too, you will see more politicians start to back away. And I do want to say this. Not everybody knows what they're involved in. Okay. So there are people in the local level that are doing good things and they do not know the degree of corruption that's going on. So with that being said, we don't want to just kind of take a blowtorch to everything here. Like, and, and I mean that analytically, we want to give people the benefit of the doubt, but again, also we want to be able to bring everybody into this conversation to where they can see it. They can decide for themselves and we can move forward with a new system that works for everybody. It's fantastic, Brian. So everyone that's watching at the end of this, you can uh, see the links. Brian's going to give me some links. We're going to put them in the, the description box so you guys uh, can contact him or see his work, see what they're doing. It's very, very valuable going forward. Brian, thanks so much for coming in and sharing what you guys are doing. I'd love to have you come back on you know, further down the line and see how you guys have progressed. It's going to be interesting. Sure, I would love to. Thank you so much for your time, Michael, and, and God bless you, and God bless humanity through this wonderful, wonderful time to be alive. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. Take care. You too. Thank you so much for listening to Unleashing Intuition Secrets, the podcast. Until next time, stay in the love vibration as you continue your journey to become the master of your reality.